Hey gang, welcome to episode 67 of the No Proscenium podcast, your guide to immersive entertainment, brought to you by our friends at Drafty. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from Los Angeles. Today on the show, we've got a couple of friends of ours. We've got Miles Nye and Greg Snyder of Wise Guys Games. They're coming on to talk about their event at the end of the month here in October, the Heritage Scare. We'll get all into that in a moment, but first, we are brought to you this month, and indeed, for the foreseeable future, by our friends at Drafty. What is Drafty, you ask? Oh, well, uh, Drafty is a computer-aided design program built from the ground up for the unique needs of theatrical designers, assistants, and technicians by an actual theatrical designer. Lighting, sound, and projection design are all supported at prices that strike fear into the hearts of the big CAD programs. Find out if Drafty can help you work your magic at Drafty-app, that's Drafty-app.com. I should rotate that out at some point. Uh, I should, like, do some new, but I'm lazy, and I like doing the part where, like, I'm all, like, strikes fear into the hearts. Because I, I like making Batman voices. Okay, hey, some of you just listen for the news and notes. Um, I assume, <laughs> I don't know for certain. That that's that's the the lack of self confidence coming through. Um, so let's do that. Let's do that part. That part that you live for. Because you're like, I want to see a show. What do I go see? Noah, what should I go see? I love. I actually love. The best part is when people ask me what to go see in New York, and I'm like, I haven't been there in six months. I don't know. As Zay. And then I realized that they're asking me to ask Zay. And so then I asked Zay and, and I tell you what to go see. So, um, hey, you know, if, if you're going to put yourself out there and say uh, you're tracking all this stuff, uh, this is what happens. People ask you where to go. And I'm like, well, uh, read the newsletter. I don't know. Make up your own mind. No, 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 no. I'm totally fine. And also there's some stuff I'm really excited about right now. So let's get into that. New York City. Hey. Uh, Democracy, which is uh, the haunted house that's all about this election, which m- might be the most terrifying idea for a haunted house this year. They've got some more tickets coming up soon. Uh, the tickets are free, but they're totally sold out. But apparently, and you can check our Twitter feed for this, uh, there's a link for how to sign up for more tickets, and they're, they're, they're issuing some more really soon. So you should check that out because it looks insane. Also going on right now, in New York is the Future of Storytelling Festival, which is also insane. Uh, all sorts of wonderfulness is happening over there. I think Zay is getting a chance to check it out. And we retweeted this week. So if you go back through our Twitter feed, uh, Polygon had a, a thing about getting free tickets. So you might want to check that out. And when when I checked, it was like, there's nobody's entered this contest yet. And I'm like, what? Free? And you're not? Just please. So go through our Twitter feed, find that. Also going on in New York, or about to be happening, New York's Haunted Hayride, which happens on Randall's Island, that's coming up really soon. Uh, there's another piece coming up on October 20th, uh, just through the 23rd. It's called This Is Real. It's a horror show. It's a kidnapping. Um, you know, if you call something This Is Real and it's about kidnapping people, <laughs> I don't know. Like, look, if you're into this sort of stuff, like super deep, and you're like, I just want something more extreme than blackout. I just want to feel like I've actually been taken out to the Adirondacks. Then, um, then maybe that one's for you. I wouldn't do it, um, but, you know, 
I think I know one of you who would. So there's something for everybody. And and that's an important lesson going forward. There's something for everybody. Hey, you know what? There's something for everybody, even people in Boston, which sounds like some kind of horrible slam, but I can't really make that slam because my blood traces back to Boston. So there you go. I just slammed my ancestors. Uh, tickets are on sale soon for a show coming up in December, uh, Club Drosselmeyer, which is an interactive nutcracker set in a nightclub in 1939. You can check our Twitter feeds to find links there to the folks putting that on. Uh, and uh, that one that one sounds like it's fun. And uh, tickets on sale soon for a December show. Apparently, uh, uh, you know, Immersive has a massive history with Massachusetts because Sleep No More started out as an ART thing. So um, that's important. So Boston's a good place to experiment. And I hope to hear about more coming from Boston soon. San Francisco, my old hometown. Well, I mean, East Bay's old hometown, but like, you know, you know how the Bay is. It's, it's small until it isn't. Journey to the End of the Night, October 8th. That's this weekend. That's part of uh, one of the one of the big uh, immersive game things, like running all over town. Really, really, really fascinating. I've never done it. I want to do it at some point. I wish I was up there right now to do it. But there's so much stuff down here in L.A. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, also, coming up next weekend, which is also part of the Come Out and Play. No, no, no. Something else is part of Come Out and Play that Epic Immersive is doing. No, 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 no. This is the return of Matthew Breyer and the Age of Resurrection. We talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, October 14th through 16th at History San Jose. Uh, 25 to $75 is the price of the tickets. I am super jealous of everyone, but I cannot go up because I am previously engaged. Also coming up in the Bay Area, uh, an escape room pop-up for the spooky season up there, Secret of the Cursed Chapel. October 27th through November 6th. All of this information you can find out in the SF newsletter, which went out over the weekend. Hey, let's head up my hometown. There's a lot going on. Uh, Trap House LA is opening up this weekend. This is the new art show at Think Tank. Uh, I got to do a preview of their escape room. They have a pop-up escape room. It wasn't, wasn't it was like in, in like preview mode. So like there were a couple of things that needed to be tweaked, but Oh, the set dressing is so good, you guys. Oh, my goodness. It, is, it was fun. It was very pretty. Uh, I was amazed. You know, we record some of these episodes at Think Tank, so it was a real trip to, like, walk into the gallery, and I'm like, well, that room wasn't there last time I was here. And then you go inside the room, and it's like, and these um, things definitely weren't here the last time I was there. Um, and some of the art is this, like, it's an amazing show there's this like hyper realistic stuff that's totally like sci-fi genre. Um, there's David Lynch stuff. There's Twilight Zone stuff. Like, just oh my god, oh my god. Just drop on by. Opening night's probably gonna be, which is gonna be probably really crowded, but pop in there on an off night. Get some tickets to that uh, escape room. Uh, you're gonna have a blast. Uh, I think. I think you can have a blast. I think you are capable of having a blast. I think you're going to, well, anyway, I was going to riff there. Um, I should stop riffing and I should get on to Chalk Reps Flash Fest, which I went to the first uh, edition of last night. That's running every weekend, three weekends here in the month. Each weekend, they're going to rotate out a new set of plays. Uh, I won't catch all of them, but the, the, the set this weekend, really good, really good site-specific work. Chalk at the top of its form. The Flash Fest is 
always exciting. Uh, they're doing it down at the uh, the cathedral uh, out uh, not far from USC, which has been their uh, their residency space. Uh, they're in their second year of the residency there. This just just such a good piece. It's about religion and politics are what the the pieces are about. But like, oh my goodness, like the pieces are fantastic this weekend. Um, if you if there are tickets left for this weekend shows, go 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 go. Just go. You're probably listening to this on Sunday and you missed it. Well, that's your fault. You should listen to the show on Fridays when we put the show out. Um, next weekend. Uh, uh, next weekend. Uh, next weekend's pretty big uh, for me because uh, I'm wrapped up in Indiecade. Now, Indiecade's the 13th through the 16th, and that's Independent Festival, uh, International Festival of Independent Games. Whoa, I should know this. Uh, that's going on this year on the USC campus. And on Saturday night, we've got night games, and we've invited a lot of the luminaries of uh, the, the immersive scene here to put on previews of their work. So if you're in L.A. on the 15th and you want to check it out, go to Indicade.com or .org, I'm blanking, uh, and grab a pass. You can get a pass for the whole festival. You can get a day pass for Saturday, which also gets you into big games. It should be a blast. Uh, or you can get a ticket for night games. Um, hoping for a good turnout. Hoping for a good turnout we can actually service. Um, and I'm nervous as all heck because it's been a while since uh, I stuck my name on something. So there you go. Uh, and you'll find me. And if nothing else, you can talk to me. See there. You can hunt me down. Scream at me about something. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have the Hamlet Mobile there. Yeah, no biggie. No biggie. Um, the Hamlet Mobile is going to be taking to the streets after that and being popping up in various locations around L.A. You should check out Hamlet Mobile's website. If you don't know what the Hamlet Mobile is, clearly you're new to the show, uh, but I'm not going to explain it. You can write me. You'll figure out how to write me after the show, uh, and I'll tell you what it's all about. Devoted, which is a piece I'm very excited about. That's opening up on the 21st. There might still be some tickets left. I didn't check today. Uh, They're very close to being sold out. Uh, So if you're looking for a fun, kind of intimate Halloween piece that's just basically a one-on-one for you, check that one out. Nevermore Arts Festival, October 29th. That's going to be a nice uh, sample or platter of some interesting uh, poet-led immersive arts out in Van Nuys with a Poe theme. See, Poe and Poe. I'm not going to pun here. It's kind of the spirit of the episode, though. Um, Alone Experience on October 30th. Tickets just went on sale to the general public. It went out to their fans uh, before. That's going to be the Rite of the Anthropocene is this year's theme. It's a one-night event. Uh, and then also on the 30th, uh, our guests, the Wise Guys, with Heritage Scare down at the Heritage Square, which is off the 110 here in L.A. I think got the freeway, right? Um, really great. You're going to hear so much about it in the episode uh, to come that I'm just going to zip it right now. But don't forget about that on the 30th. Um, last but not least, an announcement for next month, Annie Lesser, our friend Annie Lesser, uh, of Apartment 8 and of Getting to Know You. Um, she's got her ABC project going on, and she just won a Best of LA award for Most Extreme Audience Immersion. Uh, Bill Radin wrote that up for her in the LA Weekly for Apartment 8. B, which is the second part of the ABC project, which is now Barbershop, 
Uh, it's going to open in November. Previews on the 10th and the 11th. Shows 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th. It's going to be performed in a barbershop on Melrose. Uh, tickets are on sale on October 23rd. And here's the catch. Guaranteed tickets and pre-sale access available to her GoFundMe donors only. Um, I think the GoFundMe might still be open. Check out Annie's work. We're going to put up uh, links to that in the feeds. And you'll be able to do that or hunt down ABC Project on Facebook and get the details there. Hey, there's a lot of publishing been going on. Um, our friend Cindy Marie, Marie Jenkins, who is safe in Florida, uh, published a piece about a uh, an, um, a marketing fail. I'm just that's what I titled it too. So I'm just gonna be blunt. Uh, there's a piece there that tried a marketing gambit and ooh, just ill-advised, ill-advised. Um, in fact, what's been interesting about the comment threads about the piece is, uh, one of my lawyer friends who works for a very high powered firm is like, oh, Hey, yeah. Like somebody got sued over doing that. So, um, you should check that piece out about things not to do with your mailing list, uh, particularly your mailing list's phone numbers. And, um, this kind of goes in the whole area of like consent. You know, what, what are you what is an audience member, what is a journalist consenting to when they agree to certain things in relation to a show, in relation to a story? Uh, one of our Patreon backers, and you can uh, back us on Patreon, patreon.com slash no proscenium, uh, Seg uh, wrote a piece up about uh, immersion and consent um, that that kind of through my lens is is really about just like fundamental basic safety issues in relation to a show that is currently, if memory serves, in previews up in San Francisco. So uh, there's time to address these things. Uh, Seg put that up on Seg's blog, and I will uh, tweet that, retweet that out. Uh, and Seg, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll have a conversation at some point. I think you and, you and I should like talk offline, and then maybe we'll do an online talk. Uh, we've, got, we've got a lot in the queue for the next couple of weeks, and that show isn't open yet. So I want to give them time to uh, maybe address what you're talking about. Um, and, and for us to kind of dig around some of the, the ideas in the framing, um, golly gee willikers. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, one, yes, I am a person who says golly gee willikers. Uh, it happens naturally. I watched too many cartoons as a child. Didn't we all? Um, I wrote a review about delusion, his crimson queen, uh, which is currently playing here in LA. Um, I love that show. Just, just hands down, just spoiler alert. Uh, it's 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 a mash note that review it just went up on the site here friday october 7th and uh if you uh if you've already seen the show uh or if you don't think you're gonna get a chance to for whatever reason uh read it um if if you if you're wavering read it um the tickets are sold out right now we're hoping for an extension we're praying we're praying to our dread lord for an extension all right that's the news and notes. Pacing's a little off today. What you are about to experience um, is what happens when some goofy friends get together uh, after dark and uh, have a very elliptical conversation. So if you like it when we have elliptical conversations and we go on tangents, this is the episode for you. Um, there's a pun warning, essentially, you know, they don't have that tag on iTunes. I can't like contains puns. So uh, brace yourselves. Uh, but I had a blast. We we talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, we embarrass ourselves. Um, I get a nickname. Um, this, is a, this is one of the, one of my favorite ones. 
one of my favorite ones. Here we go with the wise guys, with Miles and Greg. Hey, Miles. Hey, Greg. Hey, Noah. Miles, thank you for letting us do this in your in your study. Thank you for coming over here. I was uh, excited to go downtown, or, you know, prepared to go downtown, but it was yeah. very gracious of you to come over. And yes, welcome to my study. Yeah. It's going to murder yeah. you. <laughs> well, if you if you'd come down to Think Tank right now, they've got they're in the middle of putting Trap House up, and I just did the escape room there the other night. And that was actually it, it, it's a short little pop up, but it was this feels like I'm doing like an ad for them. But it's like we're not even in there this month because like the the art things going and then like screenshots doing the rope. But I was impressed. I was impressed by this like just a, a tiny escape room setup. And uh, and the set deck was really good for, but I mean it's in an art gallery, so that kind of makes sense on a certain level. So of course, you're gonna artists come in and yeah, that's nice. Do the decorating on a on an escape room. I love that. I love it. Um, tell everybody about who you guys are. Like I'll do a bit of a setup, but it, that setup will probably be based on whatever doesn't get said right now. <laughs> the magic of broadcasting and time travel. So Greg and I are Wise Guys Events. This is the business that we started uh, in 2007, 2007 and doing it full-time since 2009. Um, and we're a garage startup. At one time, it was Greg's garage, but we've grown since then, and it's in my garage now. Good. Yeah. Uh, we had our, our second CDA funding, yeah. so we got some shelves. Nice. And we create um, real live games. Um, we're game designers, but we create um, experiences for people. Um, we uh, kind of our, our uh, unique marketing point is that we design challenges for Survivor. Um, but uh, most of the work that we do is for um, companies who are looking to do a team building program and offsite of some kind. Um, uh, last week, we were up in San Francisco doing an amazing race game for 100 people in Golden Gate Park. And the day before that, we were doing the Superhero Academy program for a group of 25 at a resort in South Santa Cruz County. So um, we do pub crawl games. We do game show experiences. We do games for festivals like IndieCade. No, have you heard of IndieCade? I, I'm, I might have heard of IndieCade. It's, I might, it's, it's I might in, be, I might be involved with them. Yeah, they they, they used to do things in Culver City, but they outgrew it, so now they're yeah. at USC. Now they're at USC. So they jumped the well, shark. And went well, they, USC. well, they, well, and I, I mean, technically, it's less that they outgrew Culver City and more that uh, a, a particular parking lot was bought, and now there's no longer space. Right, so Culver it's, City shrunk. It's know? actually used as a parking lot now. Like yeah. Every time I drive by, there's tons and tons of cars. For, for what? For something like seven years or something like, there was a parking lot in Culver yeah. City that was not a parking lot, and it was an event space essentially. And yeah. now it's a parking lot, and just feels wrong. It does. Well, <laughs> and this is part of a thread that I've heard over several of uh, the No Proscenium podcasts about the vanishing spaces. Oh my goodness. Do you want to host the show? Because no. you're doing a better job of it than <laughs> But it's named after you. It's the Noah Proscenium show. Oh, God. <laughs> well, so this is the pun study I, I see. You know? <laughs> Every room I'm in is the pun, pun study. study. Okay. Do, right. Forgive me if I'm late to the party on this one, but the fact that your name sounds like no one else, does that get brought up a lot? Like no one else and no one else? No, no. one else in Los Angeles podcasts like no one else. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
Great. Now this is going to be an hour of me laughing. <laughs> did um, I open your eyes to that? I thought that I would... You did, actually. I never... Because there's that level one name joke where people are like, Hey, Miles, when you were in Europe, do they call you kilometers? And I was like, no, I, I heard that one. I heard yeah. that one when I was five, when I was six. Oh, no, the ones when I was a kid, it was Wait, like... you went to Europe when you were five and six? Is your level one joke, <laughs> hey, Noah, where's your arc? There's no where's your arc. Yeah. Uh, I think I think the one that probably shaped my life the most was the rhyme Noah Noah Foa the Noah Boa the big something like Noah Foa the big fat boa. Right? Really shaped your life. Really, really shaped. I can't remember it, but I remember. <laughs> it was, I just remember the, the the hatred that was behind it, and it made me want to eat. Um, <laughs> oh, you ate your feelings. I ate my feelings. Really good. Uh, oftentimes, yeah. usually they're bad. I know what that's yeah, like. Yeah. I love eating my feelings. Oh, that's, it's the only way. Yeah. Anyway, just to close that thread, <laughs> we create real life game experiences and we try to deliver intelligent fun and puns. That is a proclivity. Intelligent puns. I can't get paid puns. for that. Can... Well, there are some people, you know. I've um, been paid for that. Some paid. of your game show work was definitely punny. Yes. And the survivor challenge work, those have to have punny names or they die on the vine. You, or you, they can have sexual names that <laughs> never make it to air. Survivor games uh, dying on the vine, I feel like that's sort of almost like a meta pun. But you know what? If Miles, if all this fails, you're going to find a great home in public radio. Oh. Uh, because uh, there literally a script has to have at least two puns in it, or it's not allowed on the air. Yeah. I don't you know if you've you can noticed punch that. Up. Yeah, <laughs> punch up for Planet Money <laughs> with the pun underlined, the punch up. <laughs> punch up. Oh God! Can we call it Manit Plenty? <laughs> That's a spoonerism. <laughs> That's not a pun. Oh my goodness! How far would things have to fall if working in public radio was my backup? Like I don't know. I mean, I, I feel fall. Like you, Wait, I work in public. But that's the thing: the jobs are taken. Are like you're in public radio. People you're are saying going, how many people would have to be fired before oh, you were considered as a backup? That would. Well, it's, I don't know. I, I, I believe me. I love public radio, but yeah. I suppose that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it's definitely. Are they walking? Here. Or are they walking up and down the halls, going, "Hey, we've got money. Does anybody have puns?" <laughs> Every public radio conversation starts with, "Hey, we've got money." <laughs> that's, that's why I think that it might not be a, a robust choice for a fallback career. Well, and Greg and Greg knows something of this because actually, uh, full disclosure, Greg and I have known each other since high school. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and what I and I didn't realize you didn't warn me not to go into business with him. Well, you know. <laughs> Oh, apparently the theme is we don't warn each other about things. Um, the uh... There's a snake behind you. See, me and Noah warn each other about things, even if they're not there. Podcasts are the theater of the mind. The it listener is. will never know that there is no, no snake snakes. behind Noah. Or if there is. Or maybe I'm the snake. Um, dun, dun, dun. Told you. Shaped my life. Um, <laughs> big fat boa. Oh, wow. I was thinking feather type. This conversation it was scaled. is like a boa swallowing its own tail. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't pronounce it either. Uh, um, quick, quick interjection. Uh, when I introduced Jane McGonagall to the game Betrayal at the House on the Hill, she was the Ouroboros. She ate all of the other players and won. We were all her tail, apparently. Ah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the game. So it's a little bit lost on me. I do know who Jane McGonagall is. There so there's that at least. And you know uh, what Ouroboros is. I know what Ouroboros is. Uh, I feel I almost felt like I just rolled Gerard it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that part about I like the part about the rural juror with the Ouroboros. Oh, <laughs> this is either gonna be our best or most insufferable episode. <laughs>
Mm. <laughs> I vote best. I vote best too. Well, pretty, two out of three. I'm having fun. So my vote doesn't count. N- well, never. I guess it, it no, really no, doesn't I matter. Was, I live in California, so I'm used to it. Yeah, vote for a third party. <laughs> See what that does for you. Yeah. Oh god. But you're saying so? You and Greg have known each other since high school. We've known each other since high school, and then you, you're, you're, are you, you are from the Bay Area. You, That's you, right. Yeah, yeah, you are from the Bay Area. But he as did well. not work for Youth Radio. Right. He did not work for Youth mm-hmm. Radio. But you did, in fact, eat uh, Entenmann's cakes. Oh, well, everyone eats Entenmann's cakes. That's, Entenmann's that's not a regional thing. No, but they were right across the street from Youth Radio, so that was what there's, everybody ate that. before and after that Youth Radio. Seriously. Well, that and a cheeseboard pizza or like, you know. Yeah, the, uh, cheeseboard pizza. This is something that I can... Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's it. There's it's it's. Oh, yeah. There's always it's Although they saw them at the Smart and Final down the street. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That might be too... That might, I might not need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> feelings. 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 But they only have emotional. vanilla feelings there. They don't have the cappuccino or the mint feelings. Oh, screw that. <laughs> My feelings are never vanilla. They're always cappuccino. Yeah. Um, Word. This is a good one. Yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> um, I love that we're getting reviews while we're recording. <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't reviewed the podcast yet. So five stars. <laughs> And actually, people should go on iTunes and like I never do that. There's that mm-hmm. every every podcast does like we need you to go on iTunes and do this. It's like no, really, guys, we need you to go on iTunes. I'll do it if like, you're listening this far. If you yeah. haven't switched off at this point, go throw no proscenium, throw Noah proscenium five stars. And I think there's there's at least there's at least five or six people. All the Patreon backers should mm-hmm. It'll make their make their dollars feel like they're actually doing what they are but some some podcasts will then like mention people that mention them on the air so they get a little plug and they're excited about that yeah no it's true i I would say if anybody gives this podcast a five-star review after our episode i will mention them on the next one Greg, you're not going to be on the next one. What? I'm out of here (laughs) yeah depending on how this goes you might not be on this one I well, should I'll mention everyone. it in my iTunes review. We should thank we, you to all the people just above me. I'll shut them out on Twitter. Dis, dis, uh, disclaimer: uh, We are recording this relatively late at night. No, don't uh, make excuses. And, We're no, no, no. always this stupid. No, I know. <laughs> like, the three of us in the room are, are pretty. And I are yeah, well, like there's 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 the comedy stuff and there's the, the improv and there's like the long friendships. They're playing playing games all the time and 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 that kind of speaks to. Let's let's put a pin in this for a second because we'll talk about process. Because I'm curious if what we just experienced is similar to your guys' process. <laughs> but before we talk about process, let's talk about product. And ah. specifically, let's talk about the main reason why you guys are on the show is you've got this thing coming up called Heritage Scare. And I got to see a preview a little while ago and was really excited with what you guys did because it, it speaks to the heart of your skills as live action game designers and it totally has uh, an immersive narrative twist to it. So it's still very much in the continuum of things that come on No Persimium. It is very squarely in the game type category, but the location, it does, it does the other things that we always look for. You go someplace you never expected to go, you do something cool. So you're discovering something about the town uh, that you live in, and you're having an experience you wouldn't necessarily get to have any other way. So with that as your setup, tell us about Heritage Scare. The Heritage Scare is an evening of competitive murder. It is one night only, Sunday, October 30th from 7 to 11 p.m. You will come to the Heritage Square Museum, which is in Montecito Heights, just off the 110 freeway. It's an old Victorian neighborhood that's been preserved. So there are a bunch of like old, creepy, or in the daytime, beautiful looking Victorian houses. But at night, 
pretty creepy grounds. Yeah. Uh, we'll be taking over the buildings, the the yard, and putting up a, a series of murderous games uh, for singles and duos, and uh, it's just going to be a lot of craziness and fun. There will be six, give or take one or two, depending on what turnout is like, there will be six strategy-based games of betrayal and murder um, in each of the different houses. Um, there, so Noah Kama was one of our um, playtesters at a tech rehearsal we did about a year ago in November. We wanted to see if this thing had legs. Um, and uh, we're gonna, we'll talk about process in a moment, but what we can say about the product is when you come to the experience, there will be multiple games running the whole night. You can do them in any order. You can do them more than once. If you're murdered in a game or if you lose in a game, you instant respawn. You can play that game again or try one of the different ones. Um, you can bring a date. You can bring a friend. You can bring your whole clique. Um, and, uh, it's not like, uh, an escape room or some of the other programs that are out there because since it is a game and our philosophy is that a game is made of a series of interesting choices, the choices you make will influence the outcome in an escape room. You can solve all the puzzles in escape, or you can fall short and you can fail. And it's a binary outcome. Yeah. In the heritage scare, each of the games will require you to intuit things about what the other players are doing. Players who do well will probably form alliances within the game, exchange information, and possibly betray people. The choices that you make influence the outcome, and we believe that's what makes this experience unique among the many, many terrific haunt programs that are happening in the L.A. area this season. Now, one of the things, when I saw the beta, was that there was a, it was a sort of a Ten Little Indians model as you went through, people got eliminated quote unquote, but they were still actively in the games. They were just playing different roles once they were like eliminated in, in some of them. And it also felt like it, it narrowed down till there was finally like one ultimate champion. Is that still the structure or because it sounds like you guys have changed things so up. So the program that you played, it still exists. It still lives. And we want to do it and we intend to do it. That game, we've been referring to it as the bespoke experience. Mm. Uh, which is that 10 players enter this haunted neighborhood and play a game against each other in pairs, five duos. At the end of the first game, one pair loses. They are claimed by the haunted house. They become ghosts. They proceed with the rest of the group and the ghosts can impact the outcome of the game. They have an influence, but they can't win. Uh, the winning players in many cases will be those who curry favor with the ghosts. Mm. So after that first round where, two, uh, where one duo loses, um, the eight living players and the two ghosts play another game where another couple is uh, claimed. Now you move on to a game, the uh, Regency Dance game, uh, the ghostly version of musical chairs with live musicians where the object of the game is to not be dancing with a ghost when the music stops. That's for six living players and four ghosts. At the end of musical chairs, you've got two pairs left, four living players. Those players go out to the graveyard where they play a blindfolded knife fight for the win. And one pair will reign supreme. Everybody else has been captured by the house and their souls are damned forever. And this duo wins the game and then everybody poses for a photo for social media. So, this, <laughs> As they did in the Victorian era. Yeah, well, exactly. We have a daguerreotype out there. <laughs> yeah, stay still that, for 40 minutes. That would actually... Well, a daguerreotype or a, or a tintype, like <laughs> if you got one of those at the end of an experience, that would be like pretty valuable. Not on your tintype, no. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, uh, that's the one th way in which we're like a escape room. When it's done, your whole group poses for the photo for social media. <laughs> yeah. So 
this is a this bespoke experience. It, we love it, and we were like, how can we get a lot of people to right. participate in it? How what's our pass through going to be? Yeah. If you're doing a play and you can only seat ten, and it has to be ten, you can't do a game of chess and one person doesn't show up and be like, all right, well, we'll still go forward with the game of chess. Like yeah. everything is balanced for 10, for eight, for six, yeah. for four. This, this is interesting because this exact issue, I think, comes up when, when immersive theater designers are working with the, the sets that they're trying to do, right? So like you know, the tension experience, for instance, is, is you know, optimized for 10 people going through as a as a set i realized i was like i probably sound off mic right there because i was just outside the cone the cone of talking (laughs) um and and that that definitely sets like you up a challenge right because you 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 need to sell all the tickets to like make it work at optimal speed you can you can go under but if you're not going under you're not making your if you're going under you're not making your nut what you guys have set up is almost like a, a dual problem is that you need 10 it's gotta be to 10. make the bespoke happen if, if we go under then the game breaks the game breaks, the game breaks. so I, 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 I guess we're kind of jumping into process a little bit and and how this evolved but we were trying to think like if we have nine what do we do like we would then have to basically have an actor on hand who could be an audience slash uh, participant like player or maybe two if two people didn't show up and it just as that started to fall apart we were like i don't i don't think that this works on like a big scale yeah um it's the sort of thing where if 10 people wanted to book it privately uh, it would work really well, really, really well, and like yeah. that's kind of where it lives now. Yeah, you know, or even if nine, because then we know that it's happening. If they all know each other, they're going to show up, and we can hire an actor that's that can get baked into the cost of the event. But right. um, trying to set this up on a scale where we could service a lot of people and get as many people to experience it as possible. And not to be gauche, but to not lose our shirts in the process, yeah. uh, it required... Oh, don't start taking your shirt off now. Greg, Greg, I know the shoe's already... No, Theater of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, we had to sort of rethink how we were going to put it on in order to, to keep the spirit of it and keep the games and keep that experience, but actually not break. Yeah. And share it with the most amount of people. Yeah. The idea, like in a best case scenario where nobody flakes out, nobody no shows, and we sell every ticket to every show, we could do it maybe for three or four or five people a night. And so then. Groups. Th- yeah, three, three or four or five groups. So maximum maybe 50, 50 people, people could do it in a night. Now, if you're selling those 50 tickets for $25,000 a piece, we only then need to do one show. You've got a great business model. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you're selling them at the ticket price that people want to pay for an experience, it's just not practical. And yeah. that's assuming perfect attendance and no infrastructure problems. So... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, exactly. It's not realistic. And yeah. so then we were just like, okay, can we look at this another way? What if we throw the gates open wide and invite everybody to come and play? And the experience now is something more like a food truck festival. Only mm. instead of food trucks, it has games where people are trying to murder you. Yeah. <laughs> you enter this neighborhood and there's six experiences going on and you, you stand in line until you and your group and friends are invited into the house and you'll play the game. The narrative experience will still be parceled out, 
It's going to be shuffled more. No two people are going to have the exact same experience, but you still get the use of this great space. I mean, Greg was describing these Victorian neighborhoods, and it really is though like the the dining room table is set for dinner, and it's like the family from Downton Abbey just like vanished, like like the Tower yeah. of Terror hotel. It's really oh, oh the Tower of Terror. It's not dead yet. No, I know, <laughs> but like I don't have a pass, and so it's going to cost me a lot of money just to go visit that thing, and the lines are going to be terrible. It's yeah. going to suck, and I really just need to go buy merchandise. But um, we also send my friends to buy merchandise. Anyway. Um, if you're listening, Noah does a lot of work. Buy him some Tower of Terror <laughs> merchandise and send it to him. I just want His like birthday is October 24th. That's correct. Buy. And <laughs> I just want a couple of towels and like a key. That's all I really want. The same stuff you'd steal from any hotel you go to. I do, I do want the bathrobe. If it's good. Because all these things are always like, oh, I'll get that one day. And then now it's like, oh, yeah. no, the freaking Guardians instead. So it's like, oh, that stuff's going to You know, one work. of your listeners works for Disneyland. So not well, only one of do them, they have the access, more, more than they one. get a discount. More than one. I, I know other people get like deep. Like there's actually, there's there's probably someone I should talk to about getting that stuff <laughs> a deep discount. There's someone I know. Name about. them out loud. No, no. <laughs> Is this how you do your to-do list? No. Do you make notes to yourself? <laughs> On no proscenium? Yeah. But, uh, let's see. Uh, for the next episode, let's see this other thing. Podcast and to do list. Well, I actually, I usually, well, I have, uh, I use a Siri and I just say, like, remind me to do blank blank, and then it goes right into my system. So I actually, right. it, I do. Good. I just talk to myself. That's the beautiful thing of the modern era is like the AI, we're just, I naturally talk to myself anyway. Shock. And, uh, and now the AI, like, remembers. So <laughs> that's all I've been waiting for. Well, as soon as I can get just an AI to actually have a conversation with me, this show is done. Okay. Just done. <laughs> Unless I don't need any people. they've got a great personality and then the show continues. No, no, I'll just talk to the AI all day. Right, just leave the mic on. Oh, that's a good idea. See? Wow, yeah, we could just do the show all the time and then like get more like, get like a YouTube thing. You could have the AI edit it. Oh, so that, yeah, and then I can just, then I can just watch Netflix all day. Uh-huh. That'd be pretty good. Well, you'd still have to talk to the AI. I'm going to yeah. bring it. A- back around (laughs) i I brought up the the tower of terror because as you go into the different houses and experience these different games you get the site specific you get that wow factor of visiting the heritage square you get the drama you get to betray people you might become a ghost you might become the winner um and we can invite a lot more people to come and play which is really it's like it's better business for us but it's also a better um piece to give to the community yeah well, and that that space is so awesome. I mean, it's unexpected, and it's it's a preserved neighborhood. But like they they brought those houses there, if memory serves. Like was that was that all was that neighborhood built there, or was it like? You guys well, know? you know, the tales of that neighborhood can't really be believed. They could be anything. We didn't do our research. We just found it. We we're like, oh, this place is great. But if you want to go back and uh, put, edit some stuff in that makes us sound smart, thank no, you. No, no, no. I think I think HeritageSquare.com or 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 that's <laughs> all the info you need. But like, no, but like, because I got, I became a little obsessed with it when I, after. I, I visited there because like mm. you, you drive down there by the one ten, you don't even expect like oh I'm getting off here like this mm-hmm. is the part that I just drive past and then so it's literally it's that part you drive past uh, on your way to Pasadena yeah it's like downtown between, it, that's exactly right that's what I tell people is between yeah. downtown and Pasadena I always think of it as as Toontown because oh, it's yeah. eight lanes of shimmering cement from here to Pasadena. And and that's the one. That's Judge Doom. You're quoting Judge yeah. Doom. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw that movie nine times in the movie theater. I can pretty much recite it from memory. I can yeah. snap my fingers and start Roger Rabbit in my head. They what didn't is clear it? the theater after each screening. What is it about <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Lloyd 
who was in the movies that I watched scores of times. Yeah. Back to the Future, Clue, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Adam's Family, Radio Land Murders. I'm kind of out on a limb on that one. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Christopher Lloyd. You know, I, I haven't even seen Radio Land Murders. Nobody has. It's a very obscure movie. No, it, well, it was a very obscure like Lucasfilm movie at that. And you yeah. think as a, as a fan of that of Lucasfilm, even through the thin times, I would have, nope. There nope. was a Brian Benben showcase. Yeah, and it was like in the theaters for like, I think, a, a, literally a weekend. A hot minute. Back in the day when even a bad movie was in the theater for three weeks because they're like, well, we got nothing <laughs> else to replace it. Yeah, so it was, it, it wasn't like today. Yeah. There's a... a it's a PG-13 movie, uh, but there are um, two swears. Well, there's breasts in it. What? Yeah, Whoa. it was before oh, the... Oh, right two before PG-13 actually meant something specific. Oh, yeah. yeah. An airplane has breasts in it, and it's PG. Wait. Yeah. What? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's changed. It's changed a lot. It's moved. We've... Well, Can I just say, I just want to, since I have the opportunity, I should go on the record that breasts should not be a reason why a movie is, you know, considered to be adult. That's... Right. No. It's like the, the standards. The standards have changed. That's that's a whole other thing. That's a whole, that's a whole I, other thing. I saw in your eyes. Well, it's like it, it is absolutely fascinating. It's just, it's just not this show, right? So like, um, we'll start a new but, podcast tomorrow. Yes, and we'll, we'll mention everyone who mentions gives the five stars. No pro on that one. Um, the the Heritage Square from from the research that I the, that I yeah tell us we don't know. So I, I believe that all of these different houses were collected from different parts of Los Angeles and brought here to be preserved because Victorian houses were something that were done in L.A. Um, but it wasn't that little neighborhood. But that spot of land like belonged to the city or something like that, and they transported them around. And like there's other Victorian houses. Like There's like a Victorian house up uh, in like Brand Park out in Glendale, it was it's the doctor's mansion or the doctor's house or something and it used to be in a different part of glendale and mm. so like early on when they were like redeveloping the town some people were like oh don't let's not destroy that house it's really sorry i just hit the mm-hmm. table let's not destroy that house it's really beautiful uh let's just move it somewhere where we're not doing development um it's something that might happen to walt disney's first house slash studio which is literally down the block from where I get most of my lunches in, in Los Feliz. And uh, right now I'm pretty sure is like somebody's recording studio because like oftentimes like there's like loud music coming out of it and, and now some like other couple like bought the house and they want to like demo it because it's in because it's in a perfect location. Yeah. And the, but they bought the house not knowing its historical significance. How was that not part of the real estate like deal? They're going to replace it with a Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. It's pervasive. It just needs like a really nice modern boxy sort of building. Oh god, so it's exactly what's going to go there. And it's it's sad. It's and probably something that's going to be two stories when that's a one-story house. Right, mm-hmm. but that's that's all, that's but that does bring us back to this idea of like the spaces. So like you guys found, mm-hmm. how did you guys find Heritage Square? <sighs> that was uh, so roundabout. It was years before we even did this gig. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was on a mailing list or something, and I went and checked it out, and uh, couldn't have been farther from my mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the idea of conceiving a program like this, and that knowing that the Heritage Square Museum would be suitable for it. 
it's funny to even think. We were looking at it for something, though. I think we were like, well, what if we developed a game here? Absolutely. But it was this was well before we had it. Well, so what do you guys do just with everything? Like, yes. you go someplace cool and like, like, wow, what if we did this here? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's one of the, you know, uh, we are full-time game designers and we yeah. tend to view the world through that lens. That's that's what we used to do back when back when I played Vampire, you know. like uh, Back when we played Vampire? Yeah, you really do admit it? Okay, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, Greg was one of my players, and like the first, but we were, we were, you, you guys, guys were, LARPed. You yeah, were LARPed. Yeah, yeah, you got, but you, that was been, that though, that was an era when we were mostly playing in like whoever had a house that we could play in. So it was more about, I feel, was, we played in a house or two, but I feel like we ended up in a park a number of times. We did, we did a park at least once, but that, we also got crashed by the cops one time we did a park, and they I think, did not role play very well. Yeah, no. They just didn't acknowledge no. my stealth. They didn't understand. Yeah, you were standing there with your arms crossed over you, and they like this pretended like you. Well, they didn't pretend like you weren't there, so that was really unfortunate. Um, but then, like later on, I think maybe maybe we did one once where we did it like out on the out on the street in Salon. No, I think that was later on. Like it was the game that it was the game after the game you played in, where we started. We were on Cal campus all the time. We'd go down to Solano. Mm. We'd we, we were almost never in someone's house. Like, it was a rare mm. night when we get somebody's house. And so a house game was actually, like, a special treat mm. for us. Because mostly it was, like... And that had more to do with the fact that we switched up and we were playing not just in the circle of people that we knew. We opened it up a little bit, and as soon as you start opening up to strangers... You don't want them in your house. You don't want them in your house, <laughs> right? Now, so I went to some strangers' houses in high school, and it was weird. Yeah. Mm. And that's, that was a quite, gosh, I feel old. Do teenagers even go to strangers' houses anymore? Like, is that even I'm allowed? I'm pretty sure that's what the internet's about, is like luring them in. It's called Airbnb now. Oh, <laughs> my God. Enough. We look. Oh, we should Airbnb a LARP. That'd be awesome. You know, there's this whole thing happening. Airbnb's like doing experiences now or something Is that like right? That? Are they... Something like that. Yeah. Because that was actually like the first idea for this. So we're, we're jumping around, well, we're jumping around a lot, but that's good. <laughs> In terms of the location, because the, the, ed, the happy ending of the story is that the Heritage Square is so suitable for this um, experience. We thought that this was a haunted house game. We were thinking of like Greystone Mansion. Right. A haunted house where you play a game in the entry hall, and then you go play a game in the grand room, and you play a game in the ballroom, and then you go out and play a game in the, in the graveyard. And we looked around, and again, connecting to the thread that we were talking about earlier, finding a proper location. I had the experience of touring mansions and going, oh, how many rooms does your mansion have? Sorry. There's not enough rooms in your mansion. Your mansion <laughs> is bunk. Your mansion <laughs> is rubbish. Call me back when you... Because you need a lot of rooms to play this game. Yeah. Maybe so, that monastery that Katy Perry is trying to buy. Like, uh, that one would be good. She hasn't told me about that yet. <laughs> I thought you two were close. I thought so, I too. Thought so too. Well, yeah, geez. Bom, bom, you know bom. what you did. She's uh, getting a one-star review on iTunes. And Greg was like, "Oh, we should Airbnb a mansion." And I was like, "I don't think a man. I don't think a place that we Airbnb is going to want us to come in and do an experiential theater piece that's ticketed for the public." You got. You got to go to that uh, VRBO or whatever it is the vacation rentals. Uh, that, that's yeah, yeah. less shady than Airbnb. Airbnb yeah. is way more shady than VRBO. No, no, I know, but like go to VRBO. And like I found, we once found this spot out in, we didn't, we didn't wind up taking it. We found a spot out in Ojai mm. that was like, mm. it's like 11 rooms. And if you did the math right, you could get it down to like 70 bucks a person. Mm. It was like cheaper than a Motel 6. That's great. Huh? Yeah. It was exciting. We didn't do it. We may do it one day. It was because I'm not because I'm not rolling in money, but the idea of like, oh, just go spend like 
it's been like a, what was it 70 bucks person so it's been sitting like just under 200 dollars for like a weekend in ohio with mm-hmm. like your friends in essentially a ranch mansion mm-hmm. a ranch sure yeah. a ranch yeah yeah uh next time you tell this story you should say that you did do it who's gonna fact check you well, anybody that listened to this yeah, episode. Yeah, anybody. Let's all... Yeah. Let's all Don't listen. mention this particular story. Yeah, guys. Okay, so review. like if I tell this story again, yeah, <laughs> just pretend pretend I went. It was awesome. Um, so we couldn't <laughs> find a mansion that was big enough. We're like, all right, what about the Heritage Square? Let's We'll settle for it. We'll settle for, instead <laughs> of a haunted house, it'll be a haunted neighborhood with several houses. Yeah. And the most unambiguous piece of feedback that we got from the playtesters was... The best part of this experience was the location. And we we're like, oh, thought you were gonna say our great games. But the thing is <laughs> the, it was the it was the location that really caught people by surprise. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 a shock. It's an absolute shock to like pull off the freeway, go around that neighborhood, and like you, you drive down the end of that road and like there's basically a cul-de-sac of Victorians mm-hmm. behind a gate. Mm-hmm. And you're just like and then there's like also like one of the neighborhood cats just hangs out in there. So if you're a cat person, you're like totally over the moon. And it's just like, <laughs> what is going on? If you're not on? a cat person, it's just one cat. It's so just not a whole bunch. Them. So you, yeah, you can avoid them. You won't be sneezing. It's uh, it's got a church with a. It's it's the location is most commonly used for weddings. They're doing yeah. it for a wedding the day before our game. So we're going to be setting up while they're clearing out the wedding. Oh wow! But there, there's a church that we're not allowed to go inside because it's condemned and it's not safe. Right. But it has a yard out front where. We're bringing in tombstones to create the graveyard because the finale of the game is, I mentioned the Rose Macbeth, the blindfolded knife fight game for two teams of two, which we brought to IndieK last year and won the Developer's Choice Award. And that game is the finale. It's the pinnacle of the bespoke experience. But it's also very well received as basically a standalone festival game, like yeah. a playground style game with knives and blindfolds. Well, I mean, so many of the games you guys have, because you guys have Clue House or whatever, mm-hmm. is one of the games, and that actually, plug, you'll be you'll be putting that on at Night Games at IndieCade. Which is a Saturday, October 15th. 15th. Yeah. October 15th. So people can come and play one chapter of the Heritage Scare experience and, you know, try before you buy. And if you like that, you can... Come and play the whole thing on the thirtieth. And then the the one the the what is it what, what, the, the 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 ballroom dancing one? What do you call that one? Again? Dance macabre. Dance macabre. Uh, you will have the band. Oh, yes, yeah. oh. they're booked. Yeah, yeah. That was so. That was the highlight of my night. It was like <laughs> playing playing a game that was based off of Edwardian dancing, uh, and. And there was the band, and it was just, and that, and that particular house that it was in is, is kind of funky. So you walk in, and you're like, "Am I gonna like step through a floorboard on the way in there?" You so you're might. not, <laughs> you might. So be careful. Um, but you, you get up in there, and you're like, "This is just so unusual." And then, yeah, it's 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 truly magical. Like I can I can visualize a, a, a lot of the other games, but like that one viscerally is the one that sticks with me the most. Like I've been thinking a lot about Clue House lately because the guys are bringing it to. Indicate so I've been like going through my head and thinking like well how do we pull this off, um, and and remembering pieces. But when I think back to that night, I think back to Dance Macabre and and think about just how how delicious the idea of taking one form uh, a dance, particularly a very regimented style dance. And by slowing down time, you create a game mechanic out of it. And it definitely feels like the kind of thing that you could like put on a board. Like what I what I really enjoy about what you guys do 
with some of your games. Not all of your games. Like some of your games are different from this. But the ones in this piece and, and some of the others I've seen, it often feels like we're going to take a board and we're going to turn a board game into something that people are living in. And it's like we're going to, everyone gets to step onto the board and you arrange it in such a way that a person inside that board can kind of like look at things at just the right angle and you could still see that you're in a board game, but then you can also fully step inside the world of that game. And for what you guys had at the beta, it was very much that feeling of like, oh, we are we are in like an elaborate, you know, multi-part board game. Very well said. That's a ringing endorsement. I mean, when I say you're going to be I'm playing... I'm available for copyright. No. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, uh, Creative Commons. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I say you're going to be playing strategy games of betrayal and deception, you will not be sitting at a table. You yeah. will not be rolling dice. You will be pulling strangers into a dark corner to make a shady deal with them before somebody catches you. This is a game of nooks and crannies. Um, you, you, it's a physicalized game. Yeah, like shoots and no, <laughs> uh, It's like that, except that you make choices that will impact the outcome instead uh, of just rolling a die. Okay, that's too complicated. I know, I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Like, fair warning. You know, this, the games are complex. Yeah, um, they're sophisticated. Yeah. Um, and we think that that's part of what makes them special. Well, and there's a range. So like, I don't want to scare people off either. Like, no, this is too smart for me. It's like, there's, like, the like Dance Macabre, like, you can get it. Like, you got you got to be aware and alert and try and, like, figure it out. But it's, if you've got a good enough, if you've got a nice spatial sense or a kinesthetic, you can, that one you can tackle either through, like, your kinesthetic awareness, your spatial senses, or, or your math skills, right? Like, all... You have three functions that can get you into that one. And then, like, Clue House, uh, you very, like, there's, some of it can be kind of deals, but, like, it's, it's, there's some of it's, like, a memory game Mm -hmm. and, like, process of elimination. Yeah, deduction. Mm -hmm. Deduction. So, like, there's a lot of that going on. There's, like, truth telling, like, I don't want to spoil everything, but, like, I could just sit there and go, like, oh, and there's this one like that and this one's like that. We would kind of like to spoil a lot of things because in the past, what has hurt some of our programs and offerings for the public. Like we had a failed Kickstarter a couple of years ago and yeah. sometimes people look at our stuff and say... I don't know anything about those. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they say, I don't get what this is supposed to be. Yeah. I don't understand it. What are you doing? And yeah. so I think that, you know, we want to make okay. it as... Like there will still be surprises aplenty because the game is what the players make of it. Is the pumpkin thing still happening? Yes. Okay. So one of the games... And so that's the other thing. It's like... There's there's a great big amount of variety. So like one of the games is about finding stuff inside pumpkins, you know. And so you're just putting your hands in there, and it is it is kind of nasty. But yes. it's, also, it's also perfect. It's exactly the right time of the year to like stuff your hand in a pumpkin and try and find things. Um, don't take that out of context. And uh, there's well, unless you're looking for love, I think it's okay. Yeah. No. I don't know. Is that what Linus was doing all night? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't think he had his hand in the great pumpkin. Yeah, we, oh, God. We no. never see. We stopped. We got to stop. There's a <laughs> place this can go. There's a place this can go. Must not go there. We haven't crossed the line yet. <laughs> we won't even curse. This is going to get an explicit tag at this rate. I don't know. Maybe maybe, 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 maybe I see too much oh, on the internet. I'm a four-star review <laughs> on iTunes. <laughs> go for the curse word. Um... I really am. I'm giggly today. I don't know why. I'm just stressed out. 
Uh, and you guys make me laugh, I guess is what it is. Um, well, and that's that's the thing. is like, there's, there's, it's, you know, it's, I, I, I was about to say, it's clever, but there's a way in which clever is, there's clever for clever's sake, sake, and that can be tedious. And the work that I see from you guys is clever in a way that is not tedious. And it New motto. Yeah. <laughs> and it's... it's <laughs> Intelligent fun, out the window. Yeah, clever in a way that's not tedious. It's, it's... Because it is... Because it's, because it's fun and there's joy, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it never feels like... There's, there's a way in which... The thought's coalescing. Don't worry, everybody. I'm, I'm with you guys. Watch this. There's a way in which there are certain types of narrative games that may or may not go back to point-and-click adventure games where it is punitively uh, clever in the sense that they want you to guess what they're thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 500, Ugh. you know, like, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong, right. no, you're wrong. And then you just test every number between 1 and 500 until you finally hit on it, right? And then there's... Um, and, and even some escape rooms can feel that way, where it's just like, yeah, uh, not, not the good ones, not the good ones, right? But the what am I thinking game, yeah, it's a pitfall for puzzle designers, yeah. Guess what? Read my mind, yeah. No, it's terrible. Fenton's ice cream. Oh, look, Fenton's <laughs> right there. That was on your water glass. I guessed right. I guess I win. Show's over. No, um, there's, there's another type of clever which is where everything's there. And if you can just shift your perception just a little bit, it crystallizes. And I'm not saying that everything in the beta had that, but the vibe in the work is very much that. It's just like it's just like tilt your head a little bit and things are gonna come together. And that kind of clever. And when I'm in a escape room, for instance, that like really tells it through context. It's about the, the game, the puzzle, the story being delivered through context and thus being able to derive what's going on from the context and using that to solve the puzzles. And that's what makes immersive gaming so joyous to me. And that's very much what was happening in the beta last year for me was that I was getting, you know, things were matching up. The game was matching the setting. The setting was informing the rules. The rules were letting contextual clues be in this space, and it all coalesced. And sometimes things even felt like I just wanted that. I want more of that. You know, it's like <laughs> no, no. Let's. That was the, the the fun thing. I'm glad that you guys have the game set the way you do because it's like I could see myself just being like I'm getting back in line for Dance Macabre now. You know, we had people say that, and I love that we left people wanting more. That's um, always the best. Alon Lee was at one of our playtests, and he afterwards we were like, can we? Uh, you know, we got feedback from people, and then for many of them, you know, yourself included, we followed up, you know, for more feedback, and we were like, let's go for a walk. We walked around the neighborhood, and Lon was like. So I pretty much just want to talk about Clue House. I want to play it again. Like every, you know, everybody who was there wanted, you know, he, he, his perspective. Because I think you guys were in two different groups. He was a group right before mine. He yeah. was and for those group. who know, Alan Lee is is uh, he's one of the creators of Exploding Kittens, which is a very very popular card game that uh, exploded. Bad, not even a pun, just a call <laughs> reference. Single on Onto the scene, single on exactly. Uh, on the scene a couple of years, like last year, is it only last year? Year and a half. Year and a half. Something. Big, at the time, biggest game ever on Kickstarter. Uh, did it beat the Ouya? 
I think I can't remember. Maybe. It's the most success. It's the most funded program on Kickstarter with the most backers. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Alan has been designing spectacular games for years. He's one of the progenitors of the um, augmented reality, or sorry, Al- alternative reality games. game. Yeah, uh, and um, uh, you know, brilliant, innovative designer. Yeah, uh, we were we were super cherry picky about whom we invited to come to our tech rehearsal oh yeah it was a murderer's row <laughs> it was so, there were yeah. so many people in there i was like like in the one right before us i was like whoa look who's all here you know it was everybody who were you who did you have a reaction to um well i mean it wasn't like it's not like a little star star it was like no it's because like you had like a lawn in there you had like steve peters in yeah. there you had um oh my god there's other people there who like i i i w- would meet later and I was just like, oh, all the heavy hitters came out, you know. <laughs> oh, on, on, uh, yes. Yeah. Loads of heavy hitters came. Yeah. One canceled on us, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, it's also, <laughs> but it was a testament to your guys' reputation in that world that people were willing to, like, look at where the address was and go, I'm going there. <laughs> yeah, and it was There's late some, at night. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you, you want me to go where, when, what? There's something over there. There's nothing <laughs> over there. That's a freeway, you know. And 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 yet there they were. There and everyone yeah. was. You well, know? we we're really really fortunate. Um, and and to to your point of like to have the experience and for some people for for many I, I can't say about everybody but for many of our playtesters it left them wanting more. We want to deliver this experience to you know in that way to to give them that opportunity. Yeah, I think leading. I think as a design principle. Um, wanting to leave people with something more. I was on the way over here tonight. I was actually listening to uh, the Eater Upsell, which is one of. I used to listen to a lot of pop podcasts. Now I listen to like maybe three. Yeah, and there's a thinning. Yeah, well, and because mostly because like the some of the ones that I used to love gone, and then like the the ones are just raw comedy ones. It's like okay, whatever. Everyone's got one of those. Um, but they they had one of the the, the celebrity chefs on. It was actually someone who's here. Uh, cooking in LA these days uh, a very pricey joint that I will not be able to afford to go to ever but he was talking you know, the tasting menu joint and he was talking about how you know you'll go somewhere sometimes and it'll still you'll end it and it'll just be stuffed right mm. and so like tasting menus always seem to be like either you walk out stuffed or you walk out hungry mm. because of the pacing of the meal one way or another and I've been thinking about a few of the shows I've seen lately where uh, it's definitely been one or the other you know, finding that sweet spot. And we're, we're getting to the point where we're lucky that here in town there's a lot of people with a lot of different tones, a lot of different genres, a lot of different specialities. But we still, not everyone, now we're starting to face the issues of, okay, uh, are you trying to force feed people and try and like, I want them to leave completely, like they f- feel great about the fact that they spent this money and uh, I've given them an entire evening. And sometimes... You you really want it. You really want to come out just wanting more. Like I, I when I come out of then she fell, or even when I come out of sleep no more. Uh, and definitely, as everyone knows, like when I came out of the Grand Paradise the first time, the sense is always like I gotta get back. I gotta get back there. I gotta get back there and do that again. Yeah, you know? I, I I did I did Grand Paradise in New York. Uh, oh, it, you probably had a very different 
I, I can state with certainty that our experiences were very different because yeah. so many people have different experiences. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll return it. I'll, maybe we'll hit, like do it, touch on Grand Paradise, like maybe when we're in the, in the, in the waning moments of our podcast. Yeah. And no, that might be, that might be good. It'd be interesting. Cause like not every, you know, there's plenty of people who will come to me and like, I didn't like it. And I'll be like, Oh, that's totally valid. And like, <laughs> and there was a very good chance that if I hadn't, if the track that first night hadn't mm-hmm. lined up for me the way it did, I might've walked out of there going like, Oh, yeah, I just, it's not hanging together for me. Mm-hmm. Like, but it, it, you know, sometimes just, just the tab, tab A meets slot B and mm-hmm. it's just boom and you're on the way. When it comes to leaving morning more, the example I always think, I feel like your, your examples are much more highbrow, but if the Simpsons were an hour long, you'd start clicking around. Oh God, yeah. Right? Before, before the 40 minute mark. Yeah. yeah. And it's over and you're like, oh, credits? Yeah. No, absolutely. No, but, and that's the beautiful thing, right? Like the, the, the show in the past, few months that has left me give me exactly enough with just a little bit of like oh i want to go back but it was exactly enough like the perfect the perfect pinpoint on tasting menu uh, is the current incarnation of delusion you were Ooh. tweeting about that you loved it uh, i loved it i know some people who like didn't love it uh i know some pe- other people who did totally love it and part of it's like look it's a vampire story this year and as Greg knows I love vampires <laughs> oh my god they've got your number they, they really, really got your they number they really got my number and it's 666 and one of the one of the actors in it is an actor whose work uh, who I've been who's been in interactives before and like who I've basically played scenes with before but mm. like didn't realize until afterwards I was like was that Dasha and it's like it was and so she's got a good skill set on that oh wow and then uh, and so it's 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 fun it, she's always fun to play with um, in these pieces and uh, and some of the other people that she knows like there's a couple of people that she's like friends with who are also very skilled at this particular you know set so it's fun to watch this skill set develop uh, for actors here in town and but really just like they they cast you in a role right off the bat and then you're going through and if you if you lean into the tone and you lean into the role they gave you it just starts feeding the actors. And as you're feeding the actors, it starts feeding you and this positive cycle starts up. And I came out of that thing and I was like, that is exactly what I wanted. That's, that's what I hoped it was gonna be. That's exactly what I wanted. I'd love to do that again. But I, I definitely didn't. It's like when it's kind of like when you come out of like Pirates of the Caribbean for the first time after like a very, very long time or the Haunted Mansion after a Bingo. very, very long time. Yeah. And you're like oh, I can't wait to do it again. You yeah. don't need to necessarily run right back mm-hmm. in line, but you're like, oh, that's right. That's why... It hits the spot. Yeah, it hits the spot. It hits the spot. And and I feel like... And the thing's only like an hour long. It's like an hour uh, long and it hits the spot. Yeah. Right? And there's other stuff right now that's like... There's a couple of shows that are, you know, over the, well over the two-hour mark. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point... And one of them... One of them where you know you like you kind of lose sense of time and that that's kind of that's there's a fun there's a fun to like I have no idea how long we were in there mm-hmm. and another one where it's like you're, you're kind of really aware it's like yeah this this one's too long you know this, <laughs> this is just like this needs to be shaved down and like there's some things that like you know don't allow it to be shaved down and other things where it's like yeah you could just like you could start chopping pieces out and you'd actually you know I was tired by the end and just be like I'm full. Because there's a certain point, mm-hmm. and and I'll do that with like non-immersive stuff too. Like there's 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 like a kind of a storytelling a show that I know, uh, and the very first time I saw it, I was like by the by like the last twenty minutes of it, I was like my brain is full mm-hmm. and I can't take anymore, <laughs> and then I started forgetting what I had heard at the beginning of the show. That's that's at the library in the in the children's 
uh, alcove. Yeah. It's every Tuesday for like 11. It is. Yeah. Story yeah. time. Yeah. 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 I they, believe something. It was on way too long. It, yeah. It was like something about a, a, there's a, there's a girl, there was some kind of wolf, a house, maybe their pigs or a grandmother. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, by the yeah. end, all I knew was that. Nap I, time. Nap time. And I wanted, I wanted my Wawa. I worked with a producer once who said, the mind cannot absorb what the ass cannot endure. (laughs) (laughs) And in these... Oh my God, that's perfect. In these walk-around shows, you know, you you mentioned Sleep No More, which was hugely influential to both me and Greg to this experience. There's there's a scene in the... uh, You you don't have that experience, right? The ass isn't enduring anything because you're on your feet the whole time. Your feet may wind up enduring things, but your ass definitely doesn't endure anything. Uh, There's a scene in in the... uh, in the Michael Chabon novel, The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, where the two main characters who are writing comic books, they've just come out of the theater where they've seen uh, Citizen Kane, right. uh, which is you know new in theaters because it's set in, in the 30s. Yeah. Um, and they're just talking over each other and they're so excited because they, you know, to them, Citizen Kane is like a comic book movie because of how it's framed yeah. and how the images tell the story. And they go, oh, we can do that. We can do that in our comics, and it so inspired them. And I, for me and Greg, seeing Sleep No More separately, we, we didn't get to see it together, but Sleep No More, the rise of escape rooms, and then uh, for me also this Korean language game show called The Genius, which I'm completely obsessed with, uh, which is um, super sophisticated, complicated strategy games. Mm. Um, all of these things kind of came to a simmer, and you know, with Greg and I having like our um, background saying like how you know uh, and, and you know working for Survivor where people are eliminated and compete against each other in challenges how can we stew all of this and bring something about that only we can bring about because of our background because of our influences because of our sensibilities and that's what gave birth to the Heritage Scare nice very nice let's do the coda of where when how for Heritage Scare, because we're we're about the fifty-three minute mark, so mm-hmm. sure. at this point, and then and then maybe we'll do like a we'll do we'll we'll talk with the recorder running about Grand Paradise. I have maybe. a I have a, <laughs> I have a succinct Grand Paradise story that kind of captures my experience. Okay, well let's 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 save it for the after. We'll we'll actually put it on the on the tail end of the show. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Oh, bonus, that's what I want. Bonus content. Yeah. Okay, cool. So give the uh, give the. Give the details on So the Heritage Scare. Scare is an evening of competitive murder. It is one evening only, Sunday, October 30th. It takes place at the Heritage Square Museum, which is an outdoor living museum in Montecito Heights. It starts, uh, the gates open at 7 p.m. It'll run until 11 p.m. And tickets are available online at uh, Artfully. It'll be bit.ly slash Heritage Scare 2016. Okay, good. We'll have links on all the various no pros uh, to let people get to that really easily. Uh, and you can uh, you can reach us at, at @wiseguysgames on Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time. So if you have questions, if you want to know more about this, if you want to blow us up, we're really excited and eager about what this experience can be. We're really apprehensive that there are so many crowded opportunities for haunt experiences. If 25 people show up, they will have an amazing time and we will lose a tremendous amount of money. Um, But if a couple hundred people show up, they will have an amazing time and we can do it again next year, but even more deluxe. This year, the reason we're doing it on a Sunday night is because there's so many weddings at the Heritage Square, 
Sunday the 30th was the best night we could get in the month of October. We know it's a school night, you know, Monday is the next day, but it's also the 31st the next day. And, you know, many of the people who want to come see this, you know, maybe they're, uh, you know, working non-traditional jobs, we're in Los Angeles, so we're sensitive to that. We have two Saturday nights booked in 2017 with the Heritage Square. If this event is a success... We won't cancel them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If the audience responds, if there's an appetite for this, if people think that this is a cool night, we will do it again next year and we will do it up. So there's a lot of writing on this. If you aren't in LA, if you're listening to this, share with your friends. If you are in LA and you're listening to this and you want to come or you can't come, blow us up. Share with your friends. If if you are in LA and you want to come in 2017 but you can't make it this time, buy a ticket. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll honor him next year. Why not? Oh, careful, Greg. People, people, people Wait, will hold it to you. You yeah. want me to put? You want to add those to the artfully? No. We, no. Look, if they buy a ticket for this year, we we have that money. We can put that towards next year. This is not. This, this is, is not, not a binding happening. agreement. No, we are selling tickets for 2016. Yeah, only. yeah, no, no, no. But consider it a pledge towards exactly, next year. Yeah. exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, not that you're going to honor. Please. No. Yeah. Wow. You're the business side of this business, right? No, Greg is. <laughs> oh, God. That explains everything. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to do the music and uh, the outro, and then we're going to uh, do another little music and uh, do uh, Miles's Grand Paradise. <laughs> Once again, want to thank Miles and Greg, the wise guys, for being our guests today. And yeah, uh, hold on to after uh, after the initial music, you're going to get uh, Miles' bit about the Grand Paradise. So bonus content today. Hey, the music, speaking of the music, the music for this episode is by Chris Porter. Thank you, Chris. Uh, you can check the wise guys out on Twitter at wise guys games. You can check us out on Twitter at no proscenium or myself at Noah J. Nelson. You can email us the best way to reach us. No underscore proscenium at outlook.com. My turnaround's a little slow these days cause I am under the gun. So, um, 72 hours or so, sometimes a little longer. Sorry right now. Uh, after no- October, it's going to be easier. Um, NoProscenium.com is where you can find the signups for the newsletter and links to all this stuff in case you forget. So just remember the name, NoProscenium, put a .com on. It's so simple. Provided you can spell proscenium. I mean, I have trouble with that sometimes myself. If you want to help this show, and you're a saint if you do, Patreon.com slash NoProscenium. Uh, I always just beg for everybody, just a dollar, a dollar a month. If you're listening to this on the regular, a dollar a month. Hey, you know what? Uh, you don't feel like throwing money down right now? It would help to go onto iTunes and do a review. I made a joke about this in this episode, but no, seriously. Like, if you want people to find this show, go onto iTunes, write a review. It helps out. It helps people, uh, you know, continue to discover uh, the intricacies of this world. If you want to check out what we've been writing, medium.com slash no-proscenium is the publication on Medium. Um, yeah, we got a lot going on. And while you are going to hear my voice again, uh, this is the official end of this episode. So next week, new show. Pretty sure it's going to be Zay hosting. So you have some relief from me. And uh, until then, I'll see you at the show.
So I couldn't get tickets to Then She Fell. Okay. So we bought tickets to the Grand Prix. And you haven't seen Then She Fell? No, I've been to okay. Sleep No More twice, but I haven't been to Then She Fell. Greg's been. It's okay. amazing. It is fantastic. Yeah. And, Preaching and, to the converted. And I can... And I can uh, I can, I can anticipate where this is going. Okay, keep going. Well, uh, so Laurel and I go, and I said, now just so you know, um, when I go to these experiences, I'm like a dog with a bone. I really want to, I want to get every, I want to squeeze everything out of it. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty aggressive, like if I can move around and investigate stuff and, and participate in stuff, I really go at it. And Laurel, uh, my wife, uh, who hasn't been to uh, experiences like this before, she goes, well, is it okay if I do that, if I don't do that? And I said, yeah, we probably won't be together very much of the show. And she's like, there's not going to be a point where they're going to like lock me in a room and I have to like solve my way out or I'm stuck in there. And I was like, no, it's, it's not that kind of thing. Yeah. So the show ends, we go see the show and um, there's a huge line for the bathroom because we pounded a couple cocktails before the show and you can't use the bathroom during the show. And the whole thing's about drinking water and they're giving you water the whole time. Yep, so yep. we had to pee like crazy. Yeah. And, we're, and so we're standing in line and we're going, so what'd you think? And I was like, you know, it, it was pretty cool. And this guy comes over to Laurel and goes, hey, I, I just had to tell you, <laughs> you know, that, that moment that we shared, that, that experience, that was really that was really, that affected me. And I was really glad that you were there for that. And Laurel's like, yeah, me too. That that was really cool. And I go, okay, all right. So we're still standing in line. It's a unisex bathroom. And this other guy comes up to Laurel. And he goes, (laughs) I'm sorry, excuse me. I just had to say. That moment where they put you in the coffin and they gave you the flowers and they built it up around you and then they bring me into the room and I'm seeing you, that was like so crazy. And my wife's like, I know. Oh my God, can you believe that? I couldn't even believe it. And I go, "Uh, okay. So we use the bathroom, and then we go to the bar because the bar is still open after the show is over. Yeah. And the bartender says to my wife, I just have to say. Oh, my God. Your reaction was my favorite part of that thing with the compasses. And I go, okay, all right. <laughs> my wife won the Grand Paradise. <laughs> and I know that the asymmetricality of the experience is not a bug. It's a feature. feature. But that doesn't make my memory of the Grand Paradise better. Yeah, it's it, it it's, stokes it's, the fires of your FOMO. Yeah, it it does <laughs> it does, and like it, it, not all the tracks necessarily feel like they're complete. I can't testify to too many of the tracks because I wound up on the same track the second time I went through. Oh, didn't uh, that on suck? the on the backhands. Well, it, yeah, in in a sense because it became more of an intellectual exercise, and then I got to start seeing, you know, the. One part of it sucked in that it became an intellectual exercise. I got to start seeing uh, the mechanics a bit more, uh, right? Yeah. Okay, so like, yeah, I paid to get behind the scenes, but that wasn't <laughs> what I was looking for. Um, two, though, I did get an exact repeat of one sequence. And what was interesting about that was it was it was delivered with such skill that it felt like it was being delivered for the first time. And that was beautiful. That like the story I got from one of the actors was it's the same story same actor and it was delivered with the same intensity and the same sense of connection she was able to engender a sense of connection and it's a scene with a there's a couple other people audience members there and like that she's engendering that sense of connection with them and with me again even though i know exactly what's going to happen mm. you know and it's th- and and it's about being asked a question it's like you know she's asking was it the that astrological sign yeah thing? yeah i was yeah. in that one too yeah and then the actress that i had for that i can't remember her name but like i didn't know her on site um she was I got that scene twice with her and she did it so well mm. and it felt genuine. And that's what great 
acting is supposed to do. Like I'm supposed to be able to go to a production mm-hmm. of Hamlet yes. and feel that moment, feel the, the moments in Hamlet, you know, so it's cool, like three or four times, you know, and if I'm an actor in a scene, I'm supposed to be able to feel like my scene partner is giving me that level of connection Certainly. in the moment. And that's one of the things that is so enjoyable about an immersive when it's firing on all cylinders is that the performer is giving you that level of connection and you're an audience member. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the thing that you wasted and waste cynicism <laughs> I have a theater degree the thing that you spend so much of your life pursuing and giving over and dedicating yourself to the craft the fact that we can provide that like we as a as a culture of a theater culture can provide that to people who do not have the training necessarily I mean I can't speak for someone who's untrained who goes into one of those and will they get are they getting the same kind of you know tone but I do know that when I'm in one of those moments, that part of my brain that activates where I'm in, where I'm in a really good scene, there's a particular, almost like a note, you know, like, a, like you'd hit on a tuning fork in my soul, right? You know, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, there's a note and that note gets struck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're on your resonating frequency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... And that, and that, you know, that happened, that was the thing about, about delusion this time. Like uh, the group I was with, um, the group I was with, I, I would call timid. Like I don't necessarily like, I don't like to be in the driver's seat. It's funny. Like you do. I, I feel like it's sort of my responsibility like to kind of like hang back a little bit and see how this affects other people. Um, but then it becomes a one-on-one. It's like, okay, I'm just going to fully engage. And delusion is mostly a group experience. And like there's there's clear moments of kind of simple, more like mist like game mechanics where it's like you gotta put your hand here to make this thing happen. Oh, you gotta cool. go into that. I yeah. Like that. Yeah, there's like little little tiny things. It's like, you know, like nothing's gonna happen until you open that coffin up, right? You know, and then when you tell uh, my you, wife's inside. Yeah. You know, they might <laughs> I have gotta tell you. Yeah. <laughs> there's a guy in the coffin who goes, excuse me. I just <laughs> had to, to say. Yeah. <laughs> the um the so the, the yeah, the, the group was like one, I think I think they made a mistake and like loaded too many of us in. That's a problem. But it was we were the very first group to go in on industry night, uh, so like that's gonna happen. Um, but then, you know, they were they were hanging back. They they at one point there was a kind of a climactic moment. It was supposed to be probably emotionally climactic, you know, a thing that you do that you know reveals the thing that you've been looking for the entire time. And we get into the room, and it it was clear to me. I was like, well, here's where we're supposed to do this. And I was looking around and no one wanted to do it. And I was like, I think we're supposed to. And I was, and I'd already been the guy to like do things, do things, do things. And I was like, I, I think we're supposed to do this. And <laughs> literally the response from someone was like, well, I don't want to mess anything up. Mm. And I almost wanted to like to say like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> this entire did. night, yeah. this entire night we've been, you know, almost someone said like this entire night I've been doing this and I've been yeah. doing this. Like, I'm just trying to let you guys have some fun. You know? like, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to share. I, you're good I, at sharing. I'm trying to and share. And letting other people take their turns. Because if I let my inner seventh grader go, I'd just be like, get out of my way. I'm yeah, doing yeah. that. Can, my turn. You know? can, can I tell you when I went to the house of the latitude? Mm. Um, there's a, you're in the, did you go to the, the house? No, I didn't get to go to the house. You're, you're sitting in a small hexagonal study and there's a book on a stand and you open it and a pinprick projector up in the theater projects an animation onto the book and tells you the story. And yeah. when it's over, you're supposed to close the book and crawl out through a little hole. Yeah. But I look at the projector, which is up in the ceiling and I see that it's on a panel. I was like, I wonder if that opens up. And I put my hands <laughs> on the panel and I lift it. And this voice comes over the loudspeaker and goes, Miles, 
There is nothing up there. <laughs> You're one of them. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I'm saying I'm just yeah. like I, I've, you I've, and me are at the other end of the continuum yeah. from the person who goes, I just don't want to mess anything up because yeah. maybe messing something up will lead to something really cool. Although messing something like I, I have been in an escape room where someone started like pulling apart the light fixtures. Well, that's different. and it's like no, 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 but like that, that sense of frustration, and not like angrily so, but just like maybe something's here, and I'm like. That's painted in such a way yeah. that it's clearly not meant to like. Yeah. There's no hinge, you know. Yeah, but that's, it's <laughs> that's why a lot of the escape rooms have like really lame videos at the beginning where someone's like, "Just so you know, don't do anything that seems weird." <laughs> <laughs> that's a, not a helpful guideline. Yeah, no, those videos are terrible. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. There's there's yeah okay. <laughs> that was a good coda.